Blog Talk Radio. there. Dr. Ross Green here, along with my co-host Susie Porton. Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We took a few weeks off. Susie, how are you today? I'm well, thanks. Happy Leap Day. Oh, yeah. Isn't that something? I didn't even think about that. So this is not only a rare day because it's February 29th, but it's rare for us to actually take two weeks off from the program. But here we are. Yeah. And we have two callers already. Great. Um, So truth is, I'm thinking we should just dive in. What do you think? Absolutely. Let's. Here we go. And we're going to start with area code 914. There is someone who emailed us, um, and I want to read her email because it's – well, it's sad what she's going through with her son. So I don't know if it's our caller from 914 or 562, but 914 called in first. So 562, if it's you, we'll be with you as soon as we help 914. Area code 914, you're on the air. How are you today? Yes, hi. How are you? I am well. Yourself? Um, good, thank you. I have a question about my son. He is okay, now nine years old. He's nine years old. He's in fourth grade. Um, we've been having a hard time with school, basically, ever since he started school. So he has a diagnosis of ADHD, but yeah. at the same time, he's also an extremely bright child. Um, so academically, he's doing well most of the time, um, but the issue that we get most of the calls about from school is behavior. And he, this year he started a new school, and I wanted to uh, try introducing your ideas to his teacher in, in hopes that maybe things will be handled a little bit differently this year. Um, but so far we've been having a, kind of a hard time on getting the process started in quite the right way. So the year started off well for him, but over the past couple of months, it's sort of been going south again. So his teacher has been reaching out to me, and we've met a few times, and we even uh, tried uh, filling out an LSAP. And today we met together with my son in hopes of having him provide some input on some of the things that we've been discussing. However, instead of um, talking about some of the difficulties that we had outlined, the discussion again had sort of about his behavior and misbehavior. So my question is, partially, how do you help uh, negotiate with a teacher this discussion and help it steer in, in the right direction without um, without feeling like you're over trying to take over the process or else, you know, coming up against some um, friction with the teacher in that regard? Well, it's a great question, and thank you for calling in. Um, I guess I'm interested in the the issue of how do you do all of this without sort of making the teacher feel like you are impinging on his or her turf, and how do you do this in a way that is respectful, um, is to talk about it with the teacher first. So before you jump in, 
Yeah. Um, make sure that make you know you might want to say to the teacher, look, this I'm just finding this to be really useful at home, mm-hmm. and he's responding to it, and so right. I'm kind of hoping we can get a similar process going at school, but I don't want you to take that the wrong way. I don't want you to feel like I'm impinging on your turf. Um, this is what I'm hoping we can do with my son, though. So I'm I'm very glad that you are willing to participate and give it a try. And I right. think that would probably be sufficient reassurance. I guess here's what you've got me wondering about. It's not exactly what you called in about, but mm-hmm. um, you've told us we, we don't know a whole lot about your son. Yeah. We know he has ADHD. Right. We don't know if he is medicated for his ADHD. No, he's we not. Don't, he's not. We don't know what kind of behavior problems he's having. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. You, I think you may know these things, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not. We don't know what unmet expectations are precipitating his behavior problems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we don't know if his behavior problems are directly related to his ADHD mm-hmm. or not. Right. And so those are the kinds of specifics that would get us a little bit in the ballpark of having a better understanding of the difficulties your son is having. Right. So to answer your questions, he's not medicated. Um, okay. I guess mo- ma- much of his uh, issues in school is the, the expectations, I guess, he's having most hard time meeting is on two fronts. Uh, number one is working quietly, either mm-hmm. during qu- quiet time or during a lesson uh, without distru- disrupting other classmates, without calling out or talking or laughing or making noises or calling mm-hmm. out some kind of attention to himself. The second expectation is he's having a really hard time meeting, um, and this has been a challenge not just at, home, at school but at home as well, is doing work, doing things even when he doesn't want to. So, for instance, one of the things we had discussed in the class with the teacher this afternoon was uh, writing is an issue for him in school, um, although not always an issue for him at, sco- at home. And the comment the teacher had made to him today was, it sounds like you are able to write when you are ready, but you have difficulty writing when it's time to write and you're not ready to write. So in school, mm-hmm. for instance... It might be writing time, but he's not in the headspace to do a writing assignment. And that has been a, a challenge uh, in, in many areas. If he's either frustrated with an assignment or he's having a hard time with an assignment or it's something new or uh, he just doesn't want to do it that, at that time or whatever other reason, it, he defaults to being silly, fooling around, um, talking, laughing, and that causes a lot of problems for him in school. Okay, so a few things about that. First of all, um, you may have an interesting decision to make at some point soon mm-hmm. because a lot of what you're describing sounds prototypically like the kind of things we would see in a kid who has been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... Um, I'm not, um, without knowing him, would never even suggest that the ADHD diagnosis is accurate. 
-hmm. nor would I ever tell somebody over the phone without meeting their child that I thought they might want to consider medication. Mm -hmm. But many of the behaviors that you are describing are common in kids who meet diagnostic criteria for ADHD Mm -hmm. and things that are sometimes addressed with medication. Now, Mm -hmm. but my attitude also is whether he's medicated or not, they are still on the hook for meeting mm-hmm. his needs. Right. But, um, and I, of course, have not explored with you, n- nor necessarily should we, because I don't know enough about him for us to even be talking about this yet. But um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the medication issue, mm-hmm. because some of the behaviors that your son is exhibiting are things that medication actually does a good job of addressing. So okay. that aside, that aside, um, one of the other things I was hearing was that the teacher, and this is human, not just teachers, has mm-hmm. some theories to explain why your son is sometimes able to write on some things and not on others, and in some mm-hmm. places and not others. Mm-hmm. In this model, adult theories are de-emphasized, and the mm-hmm. emphasis is on hearing it from the kid. The tricky part about that is that while there are some ADHD kids, and I don't know if he's ADHD or not, I'm just using the diagnosis that you gave us, Mm -hmm. while there are some kids who are called ADHD who know that they have trouble sitting still and Mm -hmm. who know that they have trouble concentrating Mm -hmm. and know that they're having difficulty keeping themselves from making noises and know that they are having trouble getting in the headspace to do certain assignments, Mm -hmm. some don't know that. It's just Mm -hmm. not the way they think. And so there are times when we are trying to solve problems collaboratively with a kid who may or may Mm -hmm. not meet diagnostic criteria for ADHD that the kid really doesn't know that he's having trouble helping it. Um, And you get a lot of I don't knows. Or he doesn't Mm -hmm. know that he's having trouble sitting still. He just knows that he's busy, but he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All of that. Said, so, drilling for information with your son could be uh, number one. It won't be a waste of time, no matter what you do, because you're always yeah. going to get information, right? Yeah. Um, but we want to make sure that the teacher and you um, are listening really hard and relying mostly on him right. for information about what's hard for him. Um. I, I, my inclination is to say that he does know. He's actually extremely verbal, and okay. he talks about his challenges a lot. Uh, and sometimes he'll say things like, um, I just can't make my brain stop, or I just couldn't help it, or Got it. you know, some variation of the theme. He's also very aware of having ADHD, and he sometimes even says, oh, it's just my ADHD speaking. Oh, I got <laughs> um, it. So he's... He's an educated ADHD kid. He is an educated ADHD kid. However, I don't always know if he's aware of it in the moment. I don't yep. know if he's aware that what he's doing in the moment is a function of that or yep. something else. So in the moment, awareness, I think, could be low. However, the part of the problem is when the teacher reminds him or somebody asks him to stop, uh, it's almost never enough to stop. <laughs> he has a very hard time 
stopping himself once he's already on that trajectory of, of silliness. And that's the thing. Is um, That's where medication may or may not be helpful. And I'm not pushing medication here because I'm actually very conservative with medication. And just to repeat myself, they've got to deal with him no matter what. Um, right. It's just that um, you you want to give him the best chance possible at not getting into trouble and getting mm-hmm. his work done. By the way, I should mention, good for his teacher for reaching out to you. Mm-hmm. Good for his teacher for not relying on being primarily punitive. Mm-hmm. Good for his classroom teacher for being willing to engage you in the process of helping him. Yes. Um, And I'm very glad that he has some insight about his difficulties. We just need to make sure we believe him. Right. And, you know, if he's not aware of noises he's making, well, that's Mm -hmm. that's a problem that can be solved, right? We can can Mm -hmm. come up with a solution for that. If he's having trouble getting into the headspace that is required for doing certain specific assignments, you know what? We can come up with solutions for that, too. As long as we are gathering information from him about what's getting in his way, mm-hmm. and as long as we can um, come up with solutions with him being a full party to them, mm-hmm. and as long as they're realistic, given the things he's dealing with, mm-hmm. I think you could be okay. What's, what's going to be hovering what, over all of this is the medication question. Right. I think uh, part of the uh, challenge with the discussion that happened today with the teacher is that initially I thought she was on board and I actually you know, introduced it quite the way you suggested. And at first she was really open to it and she even said she went and explored the site. Um, however, when we actually met, the conversation mm-hmm. didn't go that way. <laughs> so my question, part of the question was, now what? It already didn't well, go that way. Well, exploring. Well, being willing to explore the site and speaking the language of the model, those are two mm-hmm. different things. Right. Um, so if she hasn't explored the site yet and she hasn't read a book yet, then she's still going with her original instincts. And the right. site, neither the site nor the books have um, helped her do anything differently yet. Right. So I guess the next thing to ask her is, did she look at the site? She is she interested she in reading a book? Uh, I asked her about that. She said she hasn't read it yet. <laughs> Got it. Well, I mean, it, then it gets tricky because yes. um, you can't make her. Right. You can only hope that she will be willing to. The, the fact that she reached out to you and is not going solo here is encouraging. Okay. Um, so I guess what I might say to her is I'm wondering what the best way to get information into your hands would be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the walking tour on the website. There's um, uh, Lost at School that you could give her a copy of. Yeah. The website is free. Lost at School is not. Um but I don't think it's tragic to check back in with her, but if she still hasn't done it, things could get a little bit um, tense. Right. I don't think it's terrible to be a gently insistent parent, though. You mm-hmm. know how you want him to be treated. You're his mom. 
Yeah. You are just as important a player here, even though school is not occurring on your watch. Right. He is your kid. Yes. So you may have to be gently insistent while still trying to maintain a good relationship with this teacher who you still have to work with and who is still his teacher. It's not always an easy balance to maintain. And to her defense, so far I feel like she's been making a really strong effort to accommodate him, but I can see that her frustration is already starting to rise and her patience is is wearing thin. Well, that's the thing about accommodating. Accommodating doesn't necessarily make things better. So what accommodating mostly does is it requires a lot of patience. And it sounds like what you're seeing is that while out of the goodness of her heart she's been willing to accommodate, her patience is wearing thin because things aren't getting better. Right. Right. That's the problem with accommodating. Accommodations are a wonderful thing, but if the goal is to make things better, or if she was thinking that things would get better by making these accommodations, she was mistaken. Right. But then the question about medication becomes, um, personally, I'm very against medication, so I'm very hesitant to even consider that. But it does make me feel worried hearing what you're saying. So my question is, how do you know when it's the right time or not? You get a referral to a medical professional who knows what they're doing, and you discuss it with them. You discuss... (laughs) You discuss your son, what medication is likely to help with, what medication is unlikely to help with. Sometimes medication helps with things that are unpredictable. You talk about side effects. You talk about different meds. And you do not make the appointment with the doctor saying, I'm definitely doing this. You make an appointment with the doctor saying, I am gathering my facts, and I've made no decision yet, but I want to get the information that I need. Right. <clears throat> okay. I see. I think <laughs> I think um, this is helpful. So hopefully, I'm, go- I'm going to try to go back to the teacher and see if she can um, sort of get back on board <laughs> with it, and hopefully we can turn this around. Good. Now, before you go, um, Susie has had a son with ADHD who was medicated and who had to deal with the school. Susie may have some two cents to add here as well. I do. Um, I'm not sure if you have access to a computer or not, but Dr. Green wrote an article called Five Ways to Improve School for Behaviorally Challenging Students, and you can download it and bring that in to the teacher. Um, Also, uh just uh, referring to what Dr. Green was saying about uh, being persistent and it's your kid, I found it so helpful in our situation to be the squeaky wheel. They didn't, the school people didn't always appreciate it, but, um, you know, you're, you're the best person to advocate for your child. And I tried to make these school meetings proactively with the teachers um, before there was an actual problem, unsolved problem in place. That didn't always work, but um, it it helped, and it helped to 
decrease their defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did uh, set up a weekly meeting with the teacher um, just to stay on top of how things were going, what we could improve upon. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to, I thought you said that um, she had filled out the LSEP, was that correct? I mean, she had started, she had filled out the categories and then basically yeah. worked together to um, fill out some of the details, but uh-huh. I feel like her interest uh, started to wane when yes. I think it got to be too yeah. detailed and there was too many issues. Right, and I and I just wanted to emphasize how important it is to prioritize your two or three unsolved problems because right. otherwise you do get so overwhelmed. Um, right. The good news is he's he's nine years old and he's only in fourth grade. Right. Um, and our our son um, did have a nasty case of ADHD. Um, we had tried just talk therapy, but in our case, um, we felt that it would it would help to uh, you know give him some medicine, mm-hmm. and it did help. But it's not a decision that you take lightly. Right. I understand um, your reluctance. And how was your son's um, openness to taking medication? Was that something he felt? That's a great question. It, he was actually happy about it because it mm-hmm. helped. Mm-hmm. Um, quiet his brain down a bit so that he was able to listen to the teacher and not act so impulsively and mm-hmm. uh, concentrate on what he was having to do. Mm-hmm. And um, is he already older now? I'm yes, sure. he's older. Um, actually, he still takes the medicine, the does. ADHD medicine, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's doing, knock on wood, just great. So now he's doing it out of his own volition. Yeah. That's exactly right. So he still feels like that that would help him enough that he wants to continue doing it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this is a really small um, thing you can do, and you probably, maybe you've already done it, so forgive me if, but um, just putting his chair in the front of the classroom helped a lot. And um, the teacher and my son had worked out in advance a little system that if my son was calling out or acting funny or, um, like you said, his attention was waning, um, they had this system in place that would help bring him back around. And what was that system? Um, I think she just gave him a certain look Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't anything verbal, but he could he knew by that look mm-hmm. that um something wasn't going as it was supposed to, and he was you know willing and able to um work that out mhm mhm okay I see keep us posted 
Okay, I will. Thank you so much. You can call in any time. We're happy to guide you further once you see how things go from here. Right. So I'm going to try to reach out to the teacher again and see if um, we can maybe um, redirect our our conversations. Um, Absolutely. I'll definitely let you know how that goes. Good luck with it. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye. Take care. Let's turn to area code 562, and I want to apologize to our caller from area code 613. You've already been holding for 20 minutes, but area code 562 beats you to it, and I'm not positive we will be able to take two more calls, but we will do our best. Area code 562, I have a feeling you're the person who wrote the email, yes? Yes. would Would you like me to read it? Sure. I thought it yeah. was very poignant. Sure, go ahead. Yes? Yes. Unless you'd prefer, I think it, I, although I've read it, Susie has not seen it, and our listeners have not heard it, and so I'm thinking it would provide a lot of good background information before we start talking about it. Yes, go ahead. Good. I'm a single mom to a soon-to-be six-year-old boy. He's been hyperactive practically since birth, but his behavior, though challenging, was always somewhat manageable for me at home, especially if he got plenty of exercise. He is very sweet-natured, loving, outgoing, and social. Uh, Let's remember those words, sweet-natured, loving, outgoing, and social. Now I'll keep reading. After my son's first day of kindergarten, his teacher pulled me aside and told me my son had been all over the place in class and that he didn't know how this would work out. My son struggles with following directions and focusing in all situations and is having an increasingly difficult time keeping up with the schoolwork, especially writing. He's gone from being super excited to start kindergarten at the beginning of the school year to now hating school and not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. His teacher has a green, yellow, red chart where children's names get moved contingent on their behavior throughout the day. He also has a prize bucket to reward good behavior and takes away recess time as punishment for bad behavior. My son sits at his own desk separated from the class, rest of the class in the corner of the room where the, while the rest of his classmates sit at group tables. He goes to an after-school program at the YMCA on campus because I work full-time and do not have any family members who are able to watch him after school. He started exhibiting some challenging behavior while there, like hitting, air-punching, and using foul language. After several phone calls and threats of suspension from the program, I brought the one-page summary of your model to the staff. They never indicated if they read it and still use a timeout chair for punishment, which he, of course, goes on every day. They say that he screams the entire time he's on there. I am worried his behavior could get worse if they continue using Plan A with him, but I'm not sure how to bring it up again without offending them. I took my son to get tested at a children's behavior center in December, and he was diagnosed with ADHD in January. We are meeting with a child psychiatrist next week to determine what kind of therapy and or medication is suitable for him. I worry a lot about medicating him at such a young age, but also feel it may be necessary, especially because of his focus issues. I read The Explosive Child and Lost at School, and I feel like I can finally begin to understand my son and why he acts the way he does. Good. 
I've tried plan B a few times, but I feel I only got through once, and even then I may not have done it right because neither one of us could come up with a feasible solution to the problem we were trying to solve. It is difficult carrying on a conversation with my son because he is distracted extremely easily and frequently forgets what we are talking about in the middle of the conversation. He seems to be most responsive right before going to sleep, so I've been taking that opportunity to talk to him. A few weeks ago, I met with one of with two of my son's teachers, school counselors, principal, and school psychologist. His classroom teacher and reading teacher said that they believe my son just wants to do what he wants and is defiant. I brought an ALSIP with some of the problems we face at home listed on it to the meeting and briefly tried to explain his lagging skills, but I was a little intimidated and may not have properly articulated my point. He was placed on a 504 plan, but a few weeks later, I don't see it helping much as it really just gives him more breaks throughout the day and not any of the extra support I believe that he needs. I bought a copy of Lost at School for his classroom teacher, but I'm not sure he's read it yet. I also printed a one-page summary, an ALSIP, an ALSIP guide from your website and brought it to him. I followed up with him about it last week, and he told me that he thought it was good information, but he does not have time to do it with my son individually. He also said that the school counselor instructed him not to do anything for my son besides what is outlined in his 504 plan. He advised me to follow the CPS model at home, which I am trying to do every day, though I am still learning how to do it right, and that he's going to try to incorporate CPS with the entire class, which I think is great and hope that he does. At the advice of the psychologist who diagnosed my son, I have requested an IEP to replace his 504 plan, and I'm supposed to meet with the school psychologist in the near future to outline the terms. I really want to make sure the school incorporates CPS, but I'm worried they will tell me it's not legally possible or something along those lines. Any advice for things I can say or do to get CPS incorporated into his IEP? I appreciate everything you do. Sorry for the lengthy email. I'm not sorry for the lengthy email, and I appreciate that you called in. Thank you. Anything you'd like to add to that? Um, well, uh, just that I had, um, again, just to reiterate, he um, the diff- most difficult thing that I face with my son is that it's so hard to get him to focus even on having a continued conversation about the same topic um, for even a matter of a few minutes. And I know that that's something that I've heard medication can possibly help with. Um, Like the previous caller, I was also really reluctant to even consider medication, but I just see how difficult it is for him to even sometimes um, communicate with others because he does get distracted so frequently. So... The big question That's what is... I, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. You know, any time you have a kid who is hyper and impulsive and inattentive, um, medication is, especially in the United States, and you're calling from the United States, uh, medication is going to come up. Um, in, the son, in the case of your son, although it does sound, and of course... I don't know him, won't end up meeting him because you're far away. Um, I'm not in a great position to make a call about how much of the difficulty conversing is attributable to the ADHD versus other things that could make it difficult for a kid to engage in linguistic give and take. I don't know. And so that, when I don't know in a kid who's who I'm working with, 
I sometimes want to get testing done um, mm-hmm. so that all of that can be evaluated. And it sounds like one of the things that definitely needs to be evaluated is his uh, language processing and communication skills. And, you know, it would yeah. be then, and there's two ways to go about this. Um, one is to try to feel as certain as possible about his difficulties, and then, based on what we believe is certain, make decisions related to what would help, sometimes medication. But, you know, if you find that it's language processing and communication skills, you may, that it may be that speech and language therapy would be helpful to him as well. And sometimes, even when you think you're trying to figure that stuff out, you can't actually figure it out with the level of precision you would like, and you end up medicating anyways to see if medication's going to work. The other track, by the way, is to just try medicine and see if it does anything. Um, And I'm a little less keen on that. Then it becomes a judgment call between, given the... uh, behaviors your son is exhibiting, and given the medications that are available, do you want to take a shot at it? I'm not big on just taking a shot at anything until I'm reasonably certain that I know what we're dealing with. That said, was what I said earlier, which is that you're not always sure of what you're dealing with, even when you try to be sure of what you're dealing with, that's another way to go about doing it. All that makes sense? Yes. Yes, I've actually thought about that, too, with the language processing. Um, You know, I listen to the show a lot, and I've heard you mention that before, and I've considered, I wonder if my son has um, an issue with that as well. Um, So I'm wondering if that's something I can maybe bring up on Monday when we go to our appointment and see if they have any thoughts on that as well. You should. Now, what I liked, I mean, I am very sad, of course, you have a very sweet-natured, loving, outgoing, and social son who um, life is not going so well for at the moment, and no. that makes it sometimes a little bit harder to keep track of the fact that he is sweet-natured, loving, outgoing, and social. And we yep. want to make sure that those things are preserved because those are wonderful things, and those are things that are going to serve him very well in life. And there are some ways about in which the school seems to be conducting itself that sound okay. And there are some ways in which the school is going about conducting himself that I'm less enthusiastic about. Um, I am not enthusiastic about him sitting apart from his classmates. I tend not to be enthusiastic about green, yellow, red charts. I don't think they fix anything, and I find that the kids who get all of the reds are the kids who are having difficulty behaving and still are, despite all those reds. And the kids who get all the greens are the ones who are having no difficulty behaving, and that's because they're having no difficulty behaving. So I find that all green, yellow, red charts do is let us know what we already knew. I'm not big on prize buckets because I don't really find. There are people who would disagree with this, but I don't find that prize buckets are going to fix what's getting in the way for your son, and in fact, the proof's in the pudding, hadn't fixed it yet, and it doesn't take price buckets that long to work. Here's the good news. I don't know if this is good news. You are seeing firsthand your son's difficulties when you watch him after school, so you know that the folks at school aren't making stuff up. That's good. 
Um, it's good that you are seeing some of your son's difficulties firsthand. That actually lends credibility not only to what you're hearing from the folks at school, it lends credibility to you as someone who is also trying to help him with those things. That means that you and the folks at school are, are on a similar page, at least as it relates to what you're seeing, and have shared pain, the shared pain of seeing your son struggling. I'm glad that the uh, person who diagnosed him with ADHD has at least some level of involvement. Is that person coming to the meeting? Um, no. Um, the uh, Children's Center, they actually they diagnose um, uh, kids, but they only have um, provide continued treatment for autism, uh, cerebral palsy, um, and um, intellectual disability. So they let me know um, pretty early on after spending some time with him that he probably would not continue to be a client there. Um, so they just diagnosed him and then referred me out. Got it. So whoever you got referred out to, you may at some point find it helpful for them to do some blocking for you. Sometimes, and this is regrettable, but sometimes when a parent asks for testing, uh, it is less credible than a mental health professional asking for testing. Sometimes when a parent asks for consideration of an IEP versus a 504, it is less credible than a mental health professional doing that. It, I wish it weren't that way. It's just that I've run into it sometimes. Um, quite frankly, I don't know if we need an IEP yet. What I think we need is info. What's going on with your son? Um, and and addition, and testing may be necessary for you to get the total picture on this. What's going on with this kid? What specific expectations is he having difficulty meeting? And with those expectations that he's having difficulty meeting, and with these skills that we find out he's lacking, both from the LSIP and from testing, what other intervention is needed? And will we get that other intervention with an, a 504? If not, do we need a five, uh, an IEP? Now, here's the good news. One last piece of good news before we let Susie weigh in. Within the next month, there will be a sample IEP. I'm calling it a CPS-flavored IEP on the Lives in the Balance oh. website, as an example. There's nothing illegal about having CPS embedded into an IEP makes it a little bit harder to write because IEPs are full of solutions and solutions that we come up with without the kid who's supposed to be participating in coming up with those solutions, the kid. And so that makes an IEP a little bit hard to write because IEPs tend to have problems and solutions that we adults have come up with, but that's not really CPS. But you can write an IEP that is flavored with CPS and um, it's something I've been wanting to post on the website for a very long time. There's going to be behavior plan CPS flavored on the website soon. There's going to be a, um, a functional, uh, a, a, an FBA, a, a 504 plan, all of these to help people, well, to help people who are in exactly your situation, who are wondering if, if you're going to hear that it's illegal to put CPS into an IEP. Give me a month. We're working on it takes a long time to write an IEP. They're, they, are, they are unique in terms of 
what they try to do and how they're worded, but we're getting there. Sound good? Great. Yes. Let, let's get Susie's way in here, and I want to apologize to our caller from area code 613. Please call in next week, but I have a feeling we're not going to be able to help you today. But we're back on next week. I apologize. But go ahead, Susie. Well, I just want to say I give you so much credit for doing what you're doing and trying so hard to understand your son. It's it's not easy. Um, but that's the thing, that's the great thing about collaborative and proactive solutions is that it gives us hope and it makes things better. It certainly gave me the strength and the hope to to carry on when times were especially challenging. Um, I'm, I wanted to say try not to be afraid if the school is resistant um, to whatever suggestions you have. Um, our school was quite resistant, and um, I tried very hard not to come across to to um, put them on the defense, but I did maintain my position and, um, you know, advocated for my child. The other thing I was wondering... Um, in terms of the after-school care, would it ever be possible to try to find a college-age student, some perhaps someone who's specializing in special ed, to uh, watch him after school so he's not, you know, in the same situation as he is in school right now? Would that ever be a possibility? Um, I I actually hadn't thought about that. Um, uh-huh. As long as yeah, I that that's definitely worth uh, looking into. Um, I would just want to make sure it was the right um, the right fit, of course, and uh, and uh, yeah. you know something similar to what I pay right now. Um, right. But that's a good idea, definitely. Well, I just thought you know, especially because things are a little bumpy at school, so that he gets. A, a bit of a break. It's just not the entire day yeah. that he's in this kind of situation. And also, um, perhaps there's support that you have. You said that there aren't any family members nearby, but a friend or a clergy member um, that might be able to help you out as well to watch um, your son. Um, as far as uh, friends or family, um, th- there's no one, unfortunately, that has the um, the time. Um, uh-huh. And we we uh, we're not part of a church right now, um, and I'm not sure if any of the uh, churches around um, where I live offer something like that. But yeah, that that's definitely worth looking into. Mm-hmm. Well, just. Um You've got a lot of uh, hope and support here, and um, thank you. We're thinking of you. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for calling in. You can call in, of course, anytime you want, and we hope you call in again. Let us know how it's going. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. You too. Bye. 
Susie, it sure is hard. Oh, my gosh. That's the understatement, right? I mean, both of our calls today were school-related. I know Mm -hmm. that on the Lives in the Balance Facebook page for parents, which is extremely active, Mm -hmm. um, and I should have mentioned to mom that that might be a very good place for her to hang out. Um, School stuff is constantly um, a topic of discussion, and she might feel some level of support from that as well. Boy, I wish there was a way to make this easier for people. Um, It can get adversarial. It can get punitive so quickly. And it's such a shame because it doesn't have to be that way. Yes, But, of course, that's why there's a Lives in the Balance website, and that's why there's Lives in the Balance, and that's why we do what we do. Right. And Any final thoughts? Perhaps you could email last caller back and tell her about the Facebook page. Perhaps I will do just that. Mm-hmm. Susie, we're going to have to call it a day for today. All right. You back? You here next week? I sure am. Thank I you. I will talk to you then. Yeah, take care. Take care. Bye-bye.